are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. And it's Canada Day. Hooray! Hooray! One of the happiest days of the year. I love Canada Day. It's one of my favorite holidays. So we're going to celebrate with some CanCon. So you've got Dave and I in the studio, and we will hear from Hank and Craig a little later. Brennan is taking a hiatus because it was his birthday this week, so he's uh, celebrating. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Brennan. So uh, I want to talk about two things. Uh, the main thing that I want to talk about is a an amazing production. It's an album and booklet called Omnis Temporalis, and this was created by Mark Haney based on the graphic novel George Sprott, which was made by Seth in 2009. So it's this amazing world that Seth builds. Uh, he's a creator, uh, illustrator, writer. I love his work. He is by far one of my most favorite creators. And this particular book builds this whole world of this fictional character named George Sprott and he is the host of a radio TV program called Northern Highlights. Uh, he in his younger days went on some expeditions up north and so these are reflections on that and he also was a lecturer every week for his life until he died basically so it's like all the people that he knew some he didn't some who didn't like him some who did but it's this amazing just slice of a man's life it's really cool and then so Mark Haney who is a musician took this book and kind of made an opera almost it is it's an opera yeah yeah he created all these music there's really neat uh scores and overtones in it and then he had he hired people to act out the parts of different characters and read the dialogue from the book and it really and perform is, the opera and perform the opera and it really is amazing yeah it i think it, it does sound i think you're right like they hired actors to sing an opera they didn't necessarily hire like opera singers or necessarily even singers to perform this. So it sounds like real characters. Now that's not to say the people on the record can't sing, but it, it sounds more real. It, it kind of reminds me of like when Frank Zappa would make an opera and cast like members of his band as, in, in in character roles. Um, and then they, you know, take those performances on the road and perform them live. This this kind of feels like that. It's where it's like, it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit goofy in the nature of its presentation. Um, but it does have a really serious story to tell. Like, Seth doesn't mess around with the fluffy subject matter. No, it, it deals with time and loneliness and the scope of a man's legacy and like a lot of really big issues but at the same time it is delightful and joyful and playful it is so canadian it, this is so obviously from canada so it's a perfect topic for for today and it just came out last week so it's brand new off the presses and uh, I was so happy to get this in the mail last week, and I've listened to it a couple of times, and we will play a little bit of this uh, towards the end of the show, just to give you an idea what it's all about. I do love the music. I love the composition by Mark Haney, especially, like, there's, like, cellos and strings and stuff that, like, almost take on a character themselves. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just, 
I, I like the whole world that it creates. You can open this amazing jumbo size book to the first page and see like a staff photo of the CKCK TV station that this whole book is set inside. And it's, I guess, it's a little bit like what Second City did with SCTV creating, or maybe even WKRP, um, you know, like creating a whole network of personalities that, that work together to produce radio and TV together. And that's the whole backdrop for uh, George Sprott and his, his life story. Yeah, it's great. Um, there's even, you know, it's they, they interview different people. So, you know, some of the different characters from the station, uh, my favorite being Sir Grizzly Gruesome, who is a, a guy who did the, like, horror show. Uh, he's fantastic. He's their Count Floyd. He's their Count Floyd. But uh, towards the end, they, they interview, I guess, there's a page or so of a fan who has collected all of this George Sprott memorabilia, including, you know, the bound lectures from his lecture series and some of the artwork that hung on the set wall of the, the set of Northern Highlights. And I, I, that really struck close to home for me because I have a really big collection of Seth's stuff. So it's really meta when you're, you know, reading about a guy collecting the stuff of the guy that you love collecting the stuff it's just it goes deep yeah you I, I'm guessing that you know just for us to be able to read this book and to listen to this record you probably had to shell out a fair chunk just to you know acquire all these goodies if people want to read this or listen to this is there a way they can do it is this like <laughs> yes actually apart from waiting until the end of our program when we'll play some there are excerpts from this record on temporalis yeah on this temporalis on youtube so you can listen to it okay. and it's probably streamed somewhere too but like one thing that i love about seth as a creator is he's also really like old tiny oh yeah. like and his design aesthetic is amazing so like spotify just kind of doesn't fit in with like his thing right but at the same time it is a useful tool so that people can you know, hear stuff, same thing with YouTube. And uh, yeah, it is out there. So you can discover this for yourselves. And I was just really overall impressed because what ambition to take an, an already great production of George Sprott, the book, and then have this whole other idea and this whole other scope to it and be able to execute it so well and so brilliantly and yeah you feel it it's like a it's like a hug yeah because the most logical or like stereotypical jump would be to convert this into like a short film or maybe an animated movie or something like that this is something completely different it really is um yeah there's so many aspects of seth's artwork that i love um that actually are encompassed in george sprott um a lot of the buildings that they have photographs of in both the the album because it comes with like a little booklet and then also in the graphic novel too um he built a city he built the town of dominion which houses a lot of his other work they kind of a lot of them take place in this fictional canadian city and i i went out to guelph a few years ago because they had a big display of his entire town laid out and like yeah there's like 50 buildings they're all amazing they're just made out of cardboard and ink and paint and they're so beautiful 
And yeah, the microcosm of the world of Seth is is a beautiful thing. Yeah, we talk a lot about world building these days, but we, we do. It doesn't always mean what it means in the Seth world. No, it doesn't. And I prefer the world building of Seth wor Seth's world as opposed to like the MCU, the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Uh, that is crass and money grabbing. And uh, we will talk about that a little later with our, our next topic. Uh, but first, we're going to take a break. We'll okay. throw it over to Hank and Craig. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Chip Zdarsky's new book, Public Domain. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Siliphant on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And with me is my uh, partner in crime, Hank Cruz. Don't talk about crime on the radio. Oh, sorry. That was all supposed to be a big secret, wasn't it? We did not We did God. not commit any crimes today whatsoever. But we're yeah, going to commit a crime, today. That's to, a crime to your ears on the radio by telling you stuff. Uh, so I want to. we're going to talk about a bunch of things, but I want to quickly mention uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi ended uh, on Disney+. Plus. And uh, on the feedbacksociety.com, myself and my buddy Kim Curtinback, uh, we covered every two episodes in a bit of a back and forth chat session. So you can go, uh, you can find them on there. So we do episode one and two, then episode three and four, and then episode five and six. So you can read them all in order or read them out of order or read one or don't read it at all. I don't care, but it's at the feedbacksociety.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, overall, I liked Obi-Wan. I had lots of problems with it, but overall, I liked it. Um, what did you think of Obi-Wan very quickly? And then what, uh, what have you got for us today? Um, like uh, we had uh, kind of talked about right before we uh, started uh, chatting on the radio here, um, like what you had said, it would have been a great movie. Yeah. if they cut it down to like two hours. Um, but there was a lot of filler in there. There was lots of stuff that like just didn't make sense. I and mean, we talked about that last year or the week before where it's like, so Vader's got the power to bring down a ship, but he doesn't have the power to do this. Yeah. And there was just so many things that even like my eight-year-old caught and was like, dad, how come? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, just don't ask questions. A wizard <laughs> like, did it. A wizard did like, it. Yeah. 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 But overall, um, you know, it was still entertaining. Like it was neat to see, you know, Vader and Obi-Wan on screen and stuff, but they, yeah, they, that would have been a really cool movie. Yeah. Cool. I think that could have been a super tight movie and it was a movie that they expanded into six episodes after solo, the movie tanked. But anyway, that's probably a conversation for another day. What have you got for us today that you've been. Uh, so what uh, we finished watching uh, the show on Netflix called man versus B starring right. Rowan Atkinson. Um, great family show. And uh, I felt bad because I didn't realize that the kids hadn't watched Mr. Bean before and I thought we'd watch Mr. Bean. So Rowan Atkinson uh, is still channeling his physical uh, comedy in this. And the whole premise is insane because it's uh, he uh, has to take a job as a house sitter, uh, goes over to this you know, multi-million dollar house with this multi-million dollar artwork and vehicles and like all this stuff. And he's a first time house sitter and they're gonna leave this guy in charge and you're like, oh, okay, and they take off. And then there's an actual bee that gets in the house and starts uh, annoying him as, uh, you know, flying around and doing stuff. Well, then it starts to get more extreme and more extreme of how he's going to get rid of this bee. And eventually uh, yeah, things take a turn and it uh, is hilarious for everybody. So my eight-year-old laughed, my wife laughed, I laughed. It was great. Uh, now we started watching episodes of Mr. Bean because I didn't realize we had shown already. So if you have not uh, watched Mr. Bean before, uh, you will love this. And then you should watch Mr. Bean. If you're a fan of Mr. Bean, you're going to watch this and go, oh, hey, it's Mr. Bean talking and doing still the still 
physical uh, stuff, which is hilarious. If you don't like Rowan Atkinson and Mr. Bean, this isn't the show for you. Uh, but overall, I would highly recommend it. And it's eight episodes, and they're all between like 10 and 19 minutes long. So it's super short. Uh, just watch it. It's funny. Oh, it's like a show. It's not a movie. Yeah, it's like eight episodes, which I, I'm sure there was a reason why they broke it up. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Interesting. It's just outrageous. I saw the trailer for it and I was like, this could either be great or uh, like wear thin pretty quickly. But I was like, it would be a great one to watch with the kids. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's short enough I, that I'm, it's like, no, it's, it's tight. It's I'm like, interested yeah, to see how they can like, how they could milk eight episodes out of that con uh, concept. <laughs> <Jason> but... <is> <laughs> uh, yes. And also um, I went to see the uh, Elvis movie, which uh, as uh, some people uh, know is not a, uh, uh, biography uh, about Elvis. It more focuses on Colonel Tom Parker, um, but uh, it glosses over many of the uh, things about Elvis that um, nobody wants to talk about, you know, like um, dating and having relations with 14-year-old uh, girls and right. stuff like that. So they don't kind of hint at that. You know, they go a little bit with the drugs and stuff. They don't really go, they don't really, they show them with, I think, like one gun instead of like the 40 or 50 that he had. And it was all other Elvis stuff. They don't, uh, and even you really, if you don't know already that he didn't write any of his own things and he hardly played the guitar other than strum it, um, they didn't really focus on those things. It was more Baz Luhrmann went and took a... Um, he just stood a Baz Luhrmann over El Elvis and it right. looked great. The music was great. The actor they felt playing Elvis was amazing. Uh, I wish Tom Hanks wasn't in the movie because I, there was no way that anybody could see Colonel uh, Parker. Um, you're just seeing Tom Hanks in um, prosthetics the whole time. Yeah. And his voice switched from normal Tom Hanks voice over to like an Adam Sandler Hotel Transylvania voice and then back and the whole still if Tom uh, wasn't in it I would have given the movie like a higher rating um, but the point of, that I wanted to say here is that uh, we went to opening night snuck over to the movie it was sold out over at uh, Landmark and all of a sudden looking around the parking lot it's like looking at these vehicles with all these bumper stickers about my grandkids, you know, aren't getting the inheritance because I bought this car and then looking at the people in there. And then we walk into the theater and it's uh, I would say I was probably the youngest person in the theater. Right. Um, and it really uh, the demographics are skewed uh, old and people dressed up in their Elvis jackets and their nice. Elvis stuff. And I'm like, it's going to be ruined because these are people that haven't been to a movie since Elvis released his last one in the theater a zillion years ago. I'm like, here we go. It turned out that not one person talked. Uh, everybody had their phones turned off because they all respect Elvis and they were there to watch Elvis, the guy that they love. And I'm like, you know what? I was wrong about all of them. And I went and I apologized to everybody afterwards. And I thought all of you would be a bunch of crazies talking and like, what's he saying and doing stuff and wandering around. I'm like, no, it was perfect. The audience was perfect. So go to movies with old people because it works out. Okay. Hey, they learned, they learned the right way. Yeah. Uh, even if they haven't been in a while, they, you know, they, they remember their training from the last 55 years of going to <laughs> movies. So, so yes, good for them. Uh, and surprising even that, even though that was a pretty big baby boomer movie this week, uh, Top Guns still passed the billion dollar mark, sure uh, even, even with that competition. So, uh, but I want to quickly talk about, we got a couple minutes left here. I want to talk about a TV show that, uh, Jody actually, uh, recommended to me it's an fx show so i watched it on my cable on demand thing uh, but it's called the old man and it's uh based on a novel by thomas perry uh it stars jeff bridges 
uh, and John Lithgow. Uh, but it's I don't I don't know how much to say here because the first step I've just watched the one episode. I think there's three episodes altogether. Uh, but it's basically you don't quite know where this is going. But he's a guy who's like an old man. He's kind of having these memories of his wife that uh, uh, was getting uh, dementia and stuff before she, I, I think, probably died. Well, we don't know that yet, technically. Uh, but he's been living off the grid. He has a daughter that he only talks to over the phone because he's kind of in hiding. And then in the first episode, an assassin breaks into his home and he kills him and he's forced into hiding again. And man, the show is just like, the first episode was a great mix of like sort of these emotional moments, but also these like, crazy uh this crazy thriller really uh and the last like heck the last 20 minutes of the episode is like him fighting this like you know operative that's like 40 years younger than him and can fight and they're just having this knockdown drag out fight in the desert basically that lasts like 10 minutes of the episode or something uh and obviously like jeff bridges is just amazing in it uh the character seems really cool it's kind of a cross between like Parker and Drive and like, uh, you know, and this kind of thing. So uh, I've just watched one episode. I'm really into it. I want to check out uh, the next couple episodes right away, but uh, it's called The Old Man. And then the other one I want to quickly mention, I uh, just got a couple seconds here, but it's a movie called Cha-Cha Real Smooth that is written, directed, and produced by Cooper uh, Rafe. So he's like, I don't know how old he is, but the character is about 22 years old, this kind of Generation Z guy, a college graduate. He is like not really finding his place in life, and he takes his job as a party starter. He strikes up a relationship with a young mother, played by Dakota Johnson, and uh, her daughter, who is an autistic um, girl, and, uh, and then his mother and stepfather, played by Leslie Mann and Brad, Get Brad Garrett, who are also uh, good in the film. Uh, the film's not perfect. It has a few like weird kind of character things where you're like, I don't know, that doesn't really make sense or it do doesn't quite make sense, you know, why she would do this or whatever. But overall, it's funny. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's well told. It's, uh, and I, I think one of the interesting parts about it is uh, it's on Apple TV, who also made CODA. Uh, you know, representing uh, deaf actors and stuff in the last year. So the girl that plays the uh, autistic girl is an autistic actress that they've, uh, you know, cast to play this. So, uh, you know, it's it's always nice to see that kind of representation done well, too. So it's called Cha-Cha Real Smooth, kind of a romantic comedy, I guess, on Apple Plus and then The Old Man on uh, FX and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi reviews on thefeedbacksociety.com. So we're out of time. Let's throw back to Jody. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. So, Chip Zdarsky, another great Canadian. He is a really fun comic creator. Uh, he did uh, Sex Criminals a few years ago with Matt Fraction, which I really, really loved. Fantastic premise. And he's done a ton of work for the big names, for the Marvels of the world. Um, he used to be under the pen name Steve Murray, but now he goes by Chip Zdarsky. And Public Domain is about like a big blockbuster, like Marvel-esque kind of movie that gets made. And it's about these two brothers and their dad was the original artist who created the characters who's basically getting screwed over. But he's not bitter. He's just happy that people are enjoying the characters and things that he made from the past. But the boys are a little bit like, yeah, this isn't super cool. Yeah, so he's created this character called Eminent Domain which is about to become the next big superhero blockbuster, along with all the casting choices and press junkets and so on. So this is kind of like the perfect 
pot shot meta story for an outfit like Image Comics to take on. Because you can really tell just in the first issue, which has a lot of storytelling in it for one issue, um, that yeah, this is their way of kind of taking a pot shot at the at the big boys. Um, and kind of making fun of the world that they inhabit. Yeah, there's definitely like a Jerry character who is very Stanley, uh, who's the writer, um, who is taking all the money and credit, and his you know comic book company is getting all the money and credit. And uh, there's a, a assistant to him who is abused by him, and she did, makes a little discovery that is just dropped in at the very end. Yeah, it's not until the last page, and we won't tell you what happens, but it something happens that makes me think that public domain might be a comic book about intellectual property. Yes. Which, I'm not sure if that's going to entice people into reading it, but I mean, if you're into comics you're surrounded by the notion of intellectual property all the time and what it means for different people to be in control of that. Looks like now there's a comic book about that. Yes, and I think it, even if it's, you know, kind of dry as a subject, this is snappy. The dialogue is good, the characters are interesting and likable right away, and I like where it's going. So, you know, in another month, we'll have another installment and we'll find out if it's going to go the way we think it's going to go or not but for a first issue it's fat it's got a lot of content I love the color I love the art I love the premise and uh, I'm really really happy that this uh, this came out just before uh, you know to celebrate Canada Day with yeah public domain is is no, no little like concept teaser number one issue uh, there it's it it goes deep in the first one you'll you'll know when you read this the first time, whether this is something that's that's up your alley or not. Yeah. So happy Canada Day. You can pick up the work of Seth or Chip Zdarsky or any other great Canadian creator. And we hope you have a beautiful day of celebrating our union. And we're going to leave you with an excerpt from Omnis Temporalis. This is George Sprott on life. And now a few words from the man himself. George Sprott on Youth. There is something inherently undignified about youth. All that strutting, racing about like a fart in a windstorm. It looks very tiring. On Modern Life. I just used the word undignified. Nothing could be less dignified than this modern world. Sitting in plastic chairs and eating out of cardboard boxes. On television. Young folks with torn pants and dirty feet. At least I won't live to see it get much worse. On television. Crash, mostly. Back in the early days, they at least had a few good ideas. <laughs> Join me, Sir Grizzly Grissom, for Friday Fright Night. It's the afternoon movie with me, Fred Kennedy. 1 p.m. here on CKCKTV. But today, no, thank you. I never watch the thing. George Sprott on sex. I recommend to all young men 
that they sleep with as many women as they can persuade. When you're as old as I am, you'll be grateful for those memories. Trust me. On food. understood women, nor have I made the slightest effort to correct that. George Sprott, on memory. I have tried hard to live a life undisturbed by the past. However, old age has a way of bringing it all back to you. And with a potency that is completely unexpected. On regret. before your eyes. You lie there and you suffer and you count all those old wrongs again. Far too late to fix them now. 
on the future. I hope to see a bit more of it. However, at 81 years of age, I'm not reading any serialized stories.